0: This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And welcome In Fine Citizens a Fantastic Friday here on the Detroit City Cast. And I think that June 23rd, 2022, might be the day, and has a very good chance to be the day, that Pistons fans will look back on in hopefully two, three, four years at most, when this team has, I think, a great chance to be a legitimate NBA championship contender. And, of course, there's more to go. But this is the first time in forever, definitely since pre-Andre Drummond ended the going-to-work Pistons with washeed and Chauncey and Rip and others, and Big Ben Wallace, that the Detroit Pistons could be set up to be one of the better or best teams in the NBA. Now, are they going to be the Warriors? Are they going to be the uh, Grizzlies? Are they going to be what the Lakers have done, you know, in recent years at times? Uh, the Miami Heat? We'll see. But getting Jaden Ivey, and we had talked about this on the show, that I, if Murray, if Ivey wasn't there, of course wanted Murray, did not think that Murray was going to necessarily go to the Kings even with some of the buzz that they were really high on him. The fact that Ivey was there and then get, getting Jalen Duran for basically nothing. And, you know, Kevin Walker, you probably might even get cut, but for depth, uh, it doesn't even matter. It's about bringing a guy that's raw, you know, a center, that's athletic. And I'm going to give you a couple of comments uh, that I've been reading about, you know, just reaction to the draft. And we know it's on paper right now. But Ivy, to go along with Cade Cunningham, having the most salary cap space in the NBA, the magician that Troy Weaver is, if you're a Detroit Pistons fan, I know if you're listening to the show and you're a Pistons fan, of any like you know high and respectful ilk, you are incredibly excited. There's always going to be haters out there, and I put some poll questions up on Twitter. If you want to check them out, first I just simply asked after the Ivy pick. This is before the fleecing trade of Jalen Duran. Uh, you know, getting him from from Charlotte, which a lot of people think, what what is Charlotte even thinking? Because he could have used him. Uh, but I put a, a couple poll questions up there and asked you to grade the Ivy pick. Uh, that's the first one, and that is overwhelmingly an A. 87% of you so far say it's an A. And of course it is. It's an A or an A+. And then I also put another one up saying after what Troy Weaver masterfully did on draft night. uh, You know, when do you think the Pistons will be a legit Eastern Conference top four contender next year, year after, or then, you know, 24, 25? Over half of you, 55% of you believe it's in two years. So do I. By the way, I put the option don't believe in Troy Weaver up there. And I can't believe it even got 3% of the vote. To me, This just people on my Twitter feed that follow me that just don't care about basketball or are trolls. Because how can you not believe in Troy Weaver right now and what he's been able to do in his short time as GM of the Pistons when we thought that, like, Ed Stefanski in the previous regime, maybe we're going to be brilliant. And they obviously were not, and they're gone now anyway. This is a great day to be a Pistons fan. And when you look at what the Tigers have with Riley Green and Jackson Job and of course Spencer Torkelson, and we know Mize is injured right now coming off the you know with the Tommy John issues. But having, you know, so many good young players and they've had some bad breaks when it's come to prospects and people getting injured. And I know that there's that Ken Rosenthal hit piece about Al Vila, but regardless, there's a lot of young talent in, 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 with the Tigers. Hutchinson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameson Williams, others with the Lions. Wiggs, Mo wins the Caller Cup, Trophy Caller Cup, Caller Trophy Rookie of the Year, Lucas Everybody Loves Raymond, Dylan Larkin, possibly a, a goaltender of the future. This is maybe the most hopeful time to be a Detroit sports fan since the 90s or part of the 2000s. Definitely not this decade. Tigers have had some success. Lions have had very little. Pistons have had none. And... The Detroit Red Wings came off the 25 straight years in the playoffs, and, and they're a young team that can be back in contention in the next couple of years under Steve Yzerman. So, the Pistons, A plus. Troy Weaver, A plus. And you know, I'm not going to go over a ton of the different reactions, but I wanted to read a couple here from CBS and Gary Parrish, who I really respect. Covers obviously college hoops, the NBA. You know, maybe the Magic getting Banchero, who by the way was twenty to one to be the first pick over the weekend, and as high as five to one an hour before the draft, and then the Woj drops, and we had known the odds were shifting uh, late last night, uh, you know, going into Friday morning or two nights ago now, and then of course he gets taken over on number one. That could end up being an A plus for the Magic. Thunder getting Chet Hogram two could be an A plus. Smith, you know, getting the, you know go to the Rockets at three and slipping there could be an A plus. So. I, I, that's one pick there. The Pistons being able to get Jaden Ivey at five, which, by the way, uh, was an A-plus from Gary Parish, and then getting, basically for a bag of peanuts and some, you know, Kegel hot dogs, the Knicks via the, you know, Hornets via the Knicks trade for, like, eight million second-round picks, and the Pistons really had to give up much of it, to get Jalen Durant, who's definitely, you know, raw, but... <laughs> Would be a top five pick 20 years ago, like Gary Parish had mentioned. Another A+. plus. So let me just read first what Gary Parish had to say about Jaden Ivey. This is kind of a consensus of what a lot of the people that cover basketball are saying. Ivey is an explosive athlete who plays big and is capable of tacking the rim in a variety of ways. Comparisons to John Morant don't really add up for Ivy, and he doesn't have to be John Moran. There's one John Morant right now. But he's an outstanding player nonetheless. There are questions about whether he actually is going to be a point guard in the NBA, but now he's paired with Cade Cunningham, a natural distributor. Distributor. He was, the, you know, in some people's mock drafts or big boards, the second-best player, the third-best player. There were some that thought he could possibly have gone over on number one. It's an A+. Plus. And then here is the Gary Parish blurb on Jalen Dern, who when I was played poker uh, during the draft with my great friends at All-Star Lanes, and someone said, the Pistons just got Jalen Dern. I'm like, what? And then the, I know Kevin Walker was added in, but it's not even about Kevin Walker. $9 million in, in cap space of that even, if he, you know, worst. So I, I, I couldn't believe it because I watched him play at Memphis, and he struggled at times. But this is a guy who, let me read what Gary Pierce has to say. He said, surprisingly, the Hornets, who need a center, as I mentioned earlier, traded this pick to the Knicks and then the Pistons, but what a move for them, the Pistons, that is, to join Ivy in their young core Jordan isn't the type of floor-spacing big franchises prefer these days, but he's such a physical specimen and great athlete that there's probably a place for him in the modern NBA anyway. He'd been a top-five pick 20 years ago, and he's got great upside to be successful in rim-attacking offense and interior defense. A-plus. Now, I know there's some counts to Andre Drummond, this Andre Drummond could shoot free throws. It's mainly because of the wingspan. Andre Drummond was a good player at times. Woke up out of bed like Rick Mahorn said with a double-double. Jalen Dern has a bigger upside than I think Andre Drummond does and has had in his career. And to get both of them without having to do anything crazy and the move that Keith Langley who was our guest on Tuesday, at of basically laid out to you about if Jeremy Grant would get traded... And why it would be done for the cap reasons and the 40 plus million now that gives the, the Pistons the most in the league to, to go for a Bridges or to go for a DeAndre Hayton. They are in such great shape with Sidney Bay and Cunningham and this young core. And I still believe that Casey, Dwayne Casey, is a great coach and is perfect for this young team. He kind of had similar situations with a mix of youngsters and veterans, guys like Siakam and obviously later on Kyle Lowry in Toronto. I think it's a perfect spot for the Pistons to ascend very, very quickly. It's not about this coming year. Maybe they could be a, you know, kind of have a kibitz when it comes to the play in tournament, but it's about 23-24 and 24-25 where this team could legitimately not just be a top four Eastern Conference contender, but one of the top five or six teams in the NBA if Cade Cunningham continues to improve and Bay and Stewart and others, as we mentioned, obviously Ivy and Durant and getting the free agents to come in with all the cap space. Because we know that some will say, well, who's going to come to Detroit? Well, money will make people come to Detroit. And I think the Pistons have this great brand and great fans that have obviously been turned off for years now because they were too good to get a top three pick and, until a couple years ago and not good enough to be a playoff team that was of any merit. I could be excited as a, as a longtime Pistons fan. and You know, we're going to break down with the dust settles next week all the different odd shifts. As far as futures go, not that it's going to be a big precipitous move for, like, NBA title odds for the Pistons or, you know, that kind of stuff. But win totals are going to be a lot different in making the playoffs or missing the playoffs. We'll have all that stuff for you uh, when the dust settles next week. But what a night to be a Pistons fan. What a night for the D. It's all about these—I mean, after all the success in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, and then to have, like, the Red Wings and the Pistons and the Tigers all have issues. The Lions, we know, have been garbage at times for decades— but now you have all four teams with yes a lot of it is on paper I get that but with bright futures and it's not just coming from people like me that have covered Detroit sports and are from here for you know and done this for years it's coming from national people people I know in the media business out well outside of Michigan never have lived here you know but just are looking at what Detroit teams are doing after a lot of failures for several years and they're like, "Wow, you guys are in great shape." And this was a, a day, like I mentioned, June twenty third, twenty twenty two, that I think will be remembered. The Pistons get on some kind of run in the next three, four, five years, win a title, you know, go to you know multiple, win multiple playoff series. Considering they haven't won a playoff game since what is it was an against the Magic, haven't won a playoff series since that either. And that's crazy. This is the day I think you'll look back on. That is. For sure. By the way, coming up in a little bit, I'm going to give you my Wimbledon picks as the draw was released. I got a bunch of stuff for you that we'll get to in just a little bit. But let's take a trip to the Motown betting window, and it's brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. And whether you're cheering on Tampa Bay, which, of course, we are on this show, with our five to one Tampa Bay to win the series bet after Game Two, uh, or Colorado, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest odds, promotions, and boosts throughout the finals. Every game in the playoffs, you can log on to Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Plays three $10 or more same game parlays, and you receive a free $10 bet. Claim your bet, your free Bet Rivers Game 5 matchup on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Terms and conditions apply. Playable or must be 21 playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem, call 1 800 270 7117. It might be the last chance you get to get that free $10 bet because the series could be over. Obviously, I'm hoping that's not the case. Uh, But here, let's take a look at the line. Coming up later tonight, game number five in Colorado as the Avs try to win their first cup in over 20 years. Avalanche minus 182. We've seen some steam on them over the past couple days since game number four that had a controversial ending in overtime. Possible too many men on the ice penalty should have been called. Obviously, the first look, the the puck, people didn't know the puck was in. Uh, The referees, you know, kind of were just looking at each other. And, of course, it was obviously, um, you know, a, a good goal. But there was a... The, you know, Zapruder film impropriety with possibly too many men on the ice for the Abs. But regardless, it's a 3-1 lead and they can win the Cup in Colorado later tonight. The Lightning will get plus 155 in the comeback right now at Bet Rivers. The Avalanche on the puck line, minus 1.5, plus 140. Lightning plus 1.5 on the puck line, minus buck sixty-seven. the total 6, over minus 107, under minus 112. You know, it's tough. This is a very tough game because, of course, you know, for our purposes... I've got futures, you know, a future bet on the a series bet on the Lightning at 5-1 after game number two, when they were now 2-0. Of course, they win this game. You get back to Tampa for game number six. It gets a little interesting. But the way the Avs are playing, man, it, they are just such an incredibly good team that it's going to be tough for me to see the Lightning being able to win three games in a row. I know they won, listen, I know they won four games in a row against the Rangers. This is not the New York Rangers. That is... For sure so we'll see what happens coming up later tonight for me i'm staying away from the game i really don't like the total either way i'm obviously not touching the puck line and no way i'm laying uh 182 on the the avalanche i mean we should you know way be betting against myself because i have the future on the, on the lightning series but that being said you can still make bets you know game to game especially hedges in a way Definitely not going to lay the 182 on the Lightning or the Avalanche. I believe that the Lightning definitely can win this game, but they're going to have to, and I mean have to, get off to a good start scoring the first goal as they've had issues with throughout most of this series. So let's see what happens. Uh, game 5 coming up later tonight, 8 o'clock. And you got all that great stuff you can do with the same game parlays at Bat Rivers. So check all that stuff out on the app or the website, the Tigers after the embarrassment of that uh, series against the Red Sox, are back at it against a decent but not great Arizona team. And this will be a nine forty game. I know my dad's going to love this because when games are on Apple TV and not Bally Sports, he freaks out because he doesn't have, He actually has Apple TV, but he doesn't know how to put it on through the laptop because it's not on a smart TV. So I'm going to probably have to go over there and help him out uh, to watch Tigers D-backs. But it will be Garcia for the Tigers. 1-2 with a four nine seven ERA. Kelly for Arizona, he is 6-4 with a 3-4-6 ERA. And the line kind of right where I predicted it would be before we had the overnight line uh, on the show yesterday. It's the D-backs minus 167, I'd said, probably around 160 or so, or 170. Tigers plus 138. Run line zone to minus 1.5 plus 128. Tigers plus 1.5 minus 159 in the total, 8.5. Over minus 109, under minus 109. To me, uh, I don't like either side of this game. I think both pitchers are – I mean, obviously, you look at the matchup and you feel much better if you're a D-backs fan because Kelly does have six decisions in the area under four. But Garcia is not a big enough sample size for me to trust him on the road. What I do think can happen is this game could go over because the Tigers – you know, the, the offense has been very inconsistent. But they are starting to generate some stuff. Baez is playing, you know, hitting better and, and, you know, hitting some home runs. Candelario and some others. I think this is a, a, you know, a half-unit play on the over. But I'm going to stay away from the side on this one. But that's kind of where I'm at uh, with the Tigers and D-backs coming up later tonight at 940. And as far as the College World Series is concerned, uh, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, when... You try to look for value and try to get things done. I think it's one of these things to really look for value in betting a College World Series that many people aren't used to, you know, doing baseball, uh, you know, not trying to find, uh, you know, not trying to just bet to bet like we've talked about on this show. But we've got the, you know, the final match upset. Ole Miss avenged that heartbreaking Wednesday night loss. To their SEC rival Arkansas with a two nothing win. It's going to be over the Rebels versus Oklahoma in a best of three title bout that begins Saturday night seven o'clock on ESPN. And you look at this this matchup. A lot of people did not did not think that Oklahoma would be there. I thought that you know they were going to beat Notre Dame was going to beat them in their game uh, last week, and of course, it didn't happen. Ole Miss, to me, it just seems like with what they were able to do after avenging that heartbreaking loss. To Arkansas and again this best of three against Oklahoma, I just I'm going to go with the Rebels uh, for the to w- to win the College World Series, and I think that you know they just have the better team up and down, more balanced. And you know, as I mentioned, you can bet game by game and you can bet overall when it comes to the you know the series as well uh, at Bet Rivers. So please check that out. Uh, and you know, I know that a lot of you don't bet, uh, you know, College World Series stuff. Or you know college baseball in general, but this is a time where there is value to get it done, and Ole Miss you know is the you know the slight favorite uh, to to win the College World Series, and I think that it's you know you have seen things kind of flip back and forth at times as so Oklahoma was a favorite for a minute, but I like you, you know Ole Miss at the short price to win the College World Series, and it is one of those things where. You know, value could change after the first game. And as we mentioned, it's a best out of three. So just stay monitoring to bet Rivers for the odds there. But I do like a play on Oklahoma. And, you know, Ole Miss, just a small favorite, minus 130. You're not laying a lot. Oklahoma plus 110 uh, or so. Uh, But to me, I think the value is on this Oklahoma team. Excuse me. uh, They seem like a team of destiny. So, uh, by the way, if you're wondering, game one is on. Saturday at 7 o'clock. Game two, 3 o'clock on Sunday. And game, uh, game two, that is, a game three, if necessary, of course, if they both win a game each. It'll be on Monday, my mom's birthday, by the way, at 7 o'clock. So there we go with the College World Series. All right, we are going to get into Wimbledon. You know, I love betting tennis. I've had a lot of success giving you tennis plays on the show. We'll talk men's, uh, you know, draw. We'll talk women's draw. Got some futures plays for you, some each-way plays and look at some of the matchups too uh, and we're you know, different draws and where the different sections could be very bettable and getting some good solid possible underdog value to maybe run through a, a quarter of the draw that maybe is a little off the radar. We'll get to all that. My, one of my favorite tennis tournament of the year that's been this way since I was a very young kid, watching Wimbledon Breakfast at Wimbledon HBO, uh, you know, obviously of course NBC, it's just the best. We'll get to that coming up next, right here on the Fantastic Friday edition of the Detroit Citycast, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or same-game parlays. You decide. Log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Must be 21, playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Well, it's time for Wimbledon, my favorite tennis tournament of the year. Not that I don't love the Aussie Open or Roland Garros or, of course, the U.S. Open, but there's just some connection that I have always had this special connection with Wimbledon. And I think there's a lot of great betting opportunities. I'm going to give you picks throughout the, the tournament on my show. But I've got some futures, uh, you know, plays for you here that I want to discuss and to draw officially out at Wimbledon. We're going to start with the men and then go to the women. And very interesting odds for, for uh, one of the women Uh, that I want to get to in a little bit here. Kind of alluded to that earlier in the show. But you look at the men's draw, of course, Novak Djokovic, the one seed, uh, you know, has been incredible at Wimbledon for the last several years. Uh, He's on, of course, the the one edge of the draw. And uh, you have, you know, guys like uh, Hercuz from from Poland on his side of the draw. You also have uh, Karina Busta. On his side of the draw, Francis is a top 25 player right now. Rude, who of course did you know went all the way to, to the final of the French Open. Al Caraz on uh, Djokovic's side of the draw as well. And then you take a look at the other side, and you've got Berrettini, who's one of the favorites, of course, the Italian, uh, to win the you know, win on the men's side. Dimonor, the Australian on uh, that side of the draw as well. And of course, when I say that side, I mean, these. you know, each side can't meet until at least the semifinals. Uh, Shapovalov, the Canadian, on that side of the draw. My man uh, Stefano Sitsipas, Felix auger aliassime who's uh, one of my favorite players right now, the sixth seed. Uh, so a very interesting kind of split on each side of the draw here. And I'm going to give you a couple plays uh, for outrights, but also each ways. that, of course you could bet at bat rivers, and an each way means that if they get to the final, you know you have money on the on the outright, and you also have money on them getting to the final, so you can win both of those or at least one of those. Uh, but looking at the odds right now, the favorite on the men's side, of course Novak Djokovic is a minus money favorite, much like Iga Swiatek was uh, at the uh, you know French Open for the women. I'm not I'm not laying money on Novak Djokovic. It's almost like you know we discussed with golf. It's obviously a little different when you have a two-week tennis tournament, but I'm not looking for the you know the top two or three players unless I really think there's value there. And to lay a, you know a $500 bet to win less than $400, I know that Djokovic doesn't you know if that's what your unit is based on whatever your unit is or $15 bet or $100 bet does not really kind of fit where I'm going with my Wimbledon value. And you know, like I mentioned with golf, there's guys that are 10, 15, 20 to one. I like to try to find guys that are 30, 40, 50, 100-to-1. And, yes, sometimes those favorites are going to win, but a lot of times it is those guys in that sweet spot, uh, which, you know, like last week in the U.S. Open, Fitzpatrick, 25-to-30-to-1. We've had Neiman at 30-to-40-to-1 this year. Cam Smith was 30-to-1, 40-to-1. Uh, when he went earlier this year we gave it out on the show. So you got Berrettini, as I mentioned, uh, you know, one of the, the favorites. He's the second favorite now, odds wise at Bet Rivers at six to one. Rafa Nadal off that French Open win. Uh, he's 14th, 7-1. Herkes, as I mentioned, uh, for Poland, 15-1 along with Alcaraz. My man Felix is 17 to 1. Sits the Pass, 25 to 1 Nicaragua. So you never know what you're gonna get with that kid. Obviously, incredibly talented, uh, but you know, can also get bageled in a set and look terrible uh, based on motivation. 33 to 1, of course, Andy Murray, who's almost fully back from just being away from tennis for basically a couple of years with the injuries. He is 66 to 1. American Taylor Fritz is 151, along with Shapalava, Dennis Shapalava from uh, Canada, who's another one of my favorite players. But I've got two outrights for you on the men's side. I love my man Stefano Tsitsipas to get his first major, twenty-five to one. I'm going to play him to win outright and in each way. Uh, and as I mentioned, you got to look when you're doing these kind of things at both sides of the draw. And I mentioned you got Tsitsipas on the on the other side of Djokovic, so to me that gives you a lot more value. I like him, uh, you know, for a half unit to win and a half unit each way. Which means if we get to the final, you are still cashing as well. And I'm going to go back to the well with my man Felix Auger-Aliassime, uh, the Canadian who is just, I think, primed and ready to get to his first major final. He is 17 to one, but they can play on him outright as well, and each way a half unit each, and then just a single play on Matteo Berrettini, the Italian. I told you the French; he was going to go down early. He did. Wimbledon, on grass, it's a different story. So I've got a unit play at 6-1, which I do think there is value on. Uh, when you got a guy like Djokovic minus 125. So give me Matteo Berrettini for a full unit at 6-1. We'll go each way with Felix and Sitsipas, uh, And I'm considering a very small play, like a quarter unit play. I'm uh, in Andy Murray. I don't think Andy Murray is going to win Wimbledon. But some pretty solid value there. Uh, So, I'm not making that an official selection on the show, but I might end up throwing uh, a little cash on Andy Murray for historic and posterity stake and sentimental stake as well, uh, if you will. Now, let's take a look at the women, and, you know, this is a very interesting Ladies' field, you've got Iga Swiatek, who has been incredible. She's not a minus money favorite, but easily the best player in the world right now. She is plus 150, and to have a, a woman not during Serena's prime as a you know small favorite like that is pretty incredible. And you look at the draw, uh, you know, you look at the side that Swiatek is on. The other side, you've got. Uh, definitely, it seems to be the the other side of the draw, much easier to get through based on what we're going to see on Iga's side. We'll get to that in a second, but you got Betcic on that side, Ostapenko on that side, uh, the opposite side from, uh, from Iga Swiatek. You got Sakari, uh, my girl Maria Sakari from Greece. She's the five seed. Uh, you got Kanepi, who's had some success with wanted angelic Kerber. Uh, you know, a former major champion, Emma Raducanu. Uh, the Brit is the 10th seed, Madison Keys, who's played some solid tennis. She is the 19th seed, Danielle Collins. And then on Iga's side, of course, you got got Iga Suiitek, the one seed, the number one player in the world, easily the number one player in the world right now. you got Gerber McGurza, who's obviously a former uh, major winner. On that side of the draw, Rogers, the American, uh, Jessica Pagula, who I love, the eighth seed, Bedosa from Spain, the fourth seed, Petra Kavinova, who's of course a former woman and champion, the 25 seed, uh, Coco Gauff, you know, I love Coco Gauff, and I mentioned an interesting odds by uh, one of the women, and that's going to be the, the girl we're going to talk about here in a second. She is the 11th seed, Samoa to help, former major winner is the fifth, the 16th seed, uh, you know, and the great young American. Who I'm very excited about. Amanda and Or I always I'm sorry, botched her, I botched her name there. Amanda Anisimova. She is the 25th rate player in the world right now. And she's the 20-seed at Wimbledon. And we're gonna talk about her odds in just a second here. And then you've got Serena Williams who's playing as a wild card, and Pliskova, the sixth seed. So here's your odds when it comes to the women. Iga Swiatek is plus 150, as I mentioned. Uh, Jabor, 10 to 1. Coco Goff, 11 to 1. I've seen her as low as nine to one at Bent Rivers. and the second favorite, her odds are kind of, you know, floating a little higher right now. But as much as I loved her at 40, 50 to 1, uh, you know, in previous majors, I think she was 35 to 1, uh, you know, at the height for the French Open. Just the value there, I- I'm still going to make a a unit play on Coco Gauff to win Wimbledon because she is going to win a major, and I believe it's going to be this year. But the value is just really gone because she's just that good and she got her first major final um, in the French Open, you know, less than a month and a half or so ago. And I'm going to do a full unit play on Coco Goff to win the, the Wimbledon on the women's side, but also each way again, to you know, at least for her to make the final because she's on the other side uh, of the draw from some of her tough competitors. But the problem for Coco Goff is that she is on the side of Serena Williams Serena Williams, excuse me, and on the side of Iga Swiatek. So, if she gets to the final, you're going to feel pretty good about her chances. To not, I mean, I'm just not going to play the best player in the world and to play Serena Williams. But she might be so tired that she loses the final. That's why I'm still going to do an each-way play so she can at least get to the final and still cash some money for you. Some more odds for you here. Astapenko 14 to 1. Simona Halp, 16 to 1. Kvitova, the former woman champion, Champion, played some pretty good tennis now. She's 18 to 1. Ben Chich, she's been great, is 20 to 1. Serena Williams, you've never seen her this low on the woman odds board. She, at least since she's obviously been 19 years old, she is 20 to 1. Uh, and then a is twenty two to one. I mentioned Angelique Kerber twenty eight to one. Maria Sakkari twenty eight to one. So here's what I'm doing. I'm making more plays on the women's side because you don't know, get very topsy turvy on the women's side of the draw. A lot of upsets. I'm going to go back to the well with a half you unit play on Maria Sakkari. I believe she's due to win a major in the next couple of years. She is twenty eight to one. I do like Emma Raducanu, whose form has not been great, but she's playing back at home, and we know what she's done in the last couple of years. 35-1 to 1 for Emma Raducanu. I mentioned it's a half unit play, by the way. And then I mentioned Annie Samova, the uh, young American, 35-1 to 1 on her, so it's a half unit play on her as well. And then I, I, the Serena Williams conundrum. I just don't, Serena Williams looking for, you know, just the absurd late career Wimbledon win. I mean, this is a, a girl who is one of the greatest athletes any sport, all time. She's 40 years old. She's obviously getting it, as I mentioned, in a wild card. But this is a, a a woman who has won Wimbledon seven times, but has not won it since 2016. Twenty to one, there is value there, but I don't think Serena Williams has it based on her form right now. So I'm not going to pull the trigger on Serena Williams at twenty to one. Uh, taking a look, by the way, at some of the matches, and as I mentioned, we're going to talk about a lot of these matches throughout the next, uh, throughout the fortnight, if you will. And I'll give you plays and I'll post them on my Twitter. I'll put them on the show as well. But I was just looking at a couple plays that I'm going to make for the first round. These are Monday matches and we'll start on the men's side. And as I've talked about in, you know, tennis betting, as there is a lot of value betting, you know, match by match, a lot of the early rounds of the majors are going to be a lot of huge favorites. So you got to identify matches that really give you some value not betting like a crazy you know underdog at 5 or 10 or 15 to one but looking for those matches which are many in the in the first couple of rounds that are much more even when it comes to you know the lines and I I found one of them on the men's side and it's Lorenzo Senego the Italian uh, against Dennis Kudla and you know it's it's Senego uh, minus 125 at bet Rivers. Kudla plus 105 and I think the value is there with Kudla. So I'm doing a half unit play on Kudla, their first-round match, at plus 105 to start off the Wimbledon fun. And then as far as the women are concerned, I was looking at a couple matches uh, on the, the women's side, and I looked first at a first-round match. This is a Monday match between Haddad Maya and Kaja Javon, who's kind of, Javon is kind of really, you know, Created a little bit of buzz. There's some, you know, kind of heat around her, a young player. And she's getting plus 220 uh, for a, a Monday match, uh, Monday morning here on the East Coast. Uh, and a is 286. I'm going to do a half to play and take a little stab on Javon plus 220 in that first round match. And then you've got Emma Raducanu, who, as I mentioned, the form hasn't been great. She's kind of, she's changed coaches. There's there's definitely been stuff going on, you know, mentally with her she is playing Allison Van Utenak. She's plus 130 in their first round matchup. Remember, Emma on is still one of the you know, top 10 favorites, odds-wise, to win Wimbledon. And in her first round match, she is an underdog, plus 130. I know sometimes, and we've, I've told you this before, when sometimes tennis lines, or even any line, looks too good to be true, you need to be careful. But when you're looking about playing the 46th ranked singles player in the world, the 28-year-old in in Allison Van Unetuk from Belgium, and you've got Emma Raducanu, who we know has had, you know, this great young career, won the U.S. Open in 2021. And yes, I know the, the form isn't there right now. There's been some, you know, a little bit of injury issues as well. She's the 11th ranked player in the world. You're getting plus 130. It's not, This is not something where you have to overthink it. It's full unit play on a Kanu, because I believe if she gets by that match, and I believe she will, that she's going to have a chance to make a run during the fortnight at Wimbledon. All right, that's going to do it uh, for the Wimbledon preview and my selections future-wise. As I said, we'll definitely continue uh, to give you plays for Wimbledon throughout the fortnight. I a lot of you enjoy betting tennis. And I'll also have on my, on my Twitter day-to-day when there's not a, a live show that we're doing here on the CityCast at Dan Leach One.
1: All right, that's going to do it
0: for us here today on this fantastic Friday. Thanks so much for listening. Please continue to share and rate and review with all your great friends, colleagues, sisters, brothers, roommates, girlfriends, fiancés, everybody. Please continue to do so. We love connecting with you. I've had so many great talks on social media and public. People reaching out to me saying they're really enjoying the show. They're telling their friends about it. And listen, I'm all here to entertain you, but also make you money. We've had a lot of success doing that, especially in golf recently as well. All right, until next time, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, out. Out.